Hey, what's up, Accounting Nation? Adrian Law here, accounting coach and mentor, and a very big welcome to the Vancouver Accounting Experience Podcast, uh, the podcast for accounting students and aspiring CPAs. And if you are one of them, you don't want to miss this podcast because our number one superstar guest, Christine Woodington, who is the chair of the BCCPA Vancouver chapter, joins us to talk about what is the difference between public practice and working in industry so for all of you students out there this is a very important podcast you do not want to miss this so let's get right into it welcome to the vancouver accounting experience the podcast where accountants share their stories their careers their experiences and their special moments of inspiration they encountered along the way to their professional designation and now your host, Adrian Law. And welcome to the podcast. This is Adrian Law, CPACA, and this is the Vancouver Accounting uh, Experience, the uh, podcast for accounting students and aspiring CPAs. And on this episode of the podcast, I am very pleased to welcome back Christine Woodington, who is the uh, chair at the uh, Vancouver CPA. Uh, BC, uh, sorry, the Vancouver chapter of, of uh, CPA BC, uh, who's been on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. So, Christine, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, and uh, I mean you're, I mean you are a very special guest. I mean a real superstar because this is uh, the second time you've been on, and you're the only guest who's ever been on for you know two times now. Oh, feels so special. <laughs> it was so much fun the first time. It was awesome. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so just to give Accounting Nation a bit of a background, we were chatting on Instagram uh, and you had this great idea of um, talking about uh, the differences uh, for accountants working in industry versus uh, public practice. And I thought that was a fantastic idea. And it seems like you get the question a lot. Definitely. And it's not just me. CPABC constantly are hosting events that focus on just public practice or they'll focus on just industry because going into accounting, there are so many avenues that you can um, go into. And so mm -hmm. unless you have a clear idea of what sort of job or what sort of um, tasks you want to do as an accountant, mm -hmm. um, it's hard to decide. And you have mm -hmm. to kind of choose that path even before you get into the CPA program. So, um, so I guess from your experience, what what do you tell them? I guess you know students that uh, have this question. Well, I'm kind of slightly biased because mm -hmm. my entire career has been in industry, and I haven't right. worked a day in public practice. But I do like I obviously I don't judge. I try to be as open and honest as possible from what I hear from my friends that work in public practice. And mm -hmm. um, so then I just kind of lay out why I chose industry, but also why I did not choose public practice. So okay. then if that's something that they relate to, then maybe that will help make up their mind. Uh, accounting Nation, if you're a student still in university, I mean, you might not know what the difference is. Uh, from my perspective, uh, working in industry, so that's working in the accounting or finance department, or it, you know, it doesn't even really have to be any one of those, but working for an organization that is in industry and then working in public practice, that's working for a public accounting firm that offers you know, accounting services, whether that's tax accounting or um, you know, advisory services to corporations, businesses, uh, whether they're large or small. Um, so Christine, tell us why you chose, um, industry. Well, I chose industry because, so I finished as a CPA CGA and back in the legacy days, the public practice firms were not very big. They were fairly small. Mm -hmm. And when I was at Langara, they weren't really pushing public practice that much. So going I through see. recruit or working for the big four, like wasn't really something within reach or something that I ever thought of or was discussed very much, but I knew it existed, but oh, I, I knew. Think. Yeah. So, but when I knew, um, you know, the world of public practice would mean preparing personal taxes, corporate taxes. Um, but then I really liked the idea of audit. 
I knew in a smaller firm, you would be exposed to all of it. Like I wouldn't have a choice to just be on an audit team or just on a tax team. And that really persuaded me to be like, well, I looked at the courses I was doing and which courses I did really crappy at versus which ones I excelled in Mm -hmm. and was like, okay, maybe I don't want to do taxes. Like the last thing I want on my conscience is doing someone's taxes and messing it up, especially if it's something, it's like their money, right? Like Mm -hmm. I don't want to mess with their money. So I was like, you know what? public practice is not for me because I just, I don't like taxes and I just, I can't do it. Like, I don't know. Mm. I'm not comfortable. So Mm. I, I liked the idea of industry because I liked the idea of working in a head office. And I knew that there were many head offices located in BC or in Vancouver specifically. So being Mm. able to look at the numbers behind, you know, uh, the cost of Lululemon attire, like what does it really cost or the real Mm. numbers behind Boston Pizza, which was actually Mm. one of the companies I worked for, Mm. really fascinated me. But you also, by working for those head offices, you also got to enjoy the perks and the benefits of working for those companies as well. And I don't think we actually got into where you're working now. I mean, do you mind sharing with uh, Counting Nation where where you're at right now? Yeah, so I currently work for Coal Island Limited, and we're an asset management company. So when we say asset management, we're essentially managing the assets of um, the owners, and they have a very diverse portfolio. We do investment, uh, we have investment portfolios that we manage, so like stock trading. Investing. We've got forestry businesses. We own a bunch of properties in the interior and locally in like um, Anasis. And then we also own 50% of uh, Buster's Towing. Oh, I see. Okay. So it's like very like diversified portfolio of investments. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And what sort of role are you in there? So I'm their corporate accountant. So I take care of all the financial financial statements, year-end, and crazy enough, I also help draft their corporate tax returns. <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess... only I mean... for so long. <laughs> Back then, although I didn't enjoy taxes, I actually quite like it now, like doing the corporate taxes right. and lots more like consolidations and equity accounting, which was all stuff that I had learned over time in this role. Mm-hmm. So coming out of the CGA program, I guess you got into your first job uh, and did you know that you made the right choice? Well, I was actually really fortunate. And this is like my biggest recommendation to any uh, aspiring CPAs is when you're mm-hmm. at your public practice or sorry, not public practice, but your post-secondary school, mm-hmm. um, if they have a co-op program, take it because I was fortunate enough to do two co-op terms and my my first one was in purchasing so I didn't really have a whole lot to do with accounting but it gave me that Mm -hmm. office head like the head office exposure to prepare me for my first accounting co-op role which was just Mm -hmm. straight bank recs we were doing bank recs for the second largest funeral home and cemetery company in North America Mm -hmm. and from there, like I stayed on after my four month co-op term, I stayed on there for like three years and really specialized in treasury accounting, financial analyst roles. And after that, I had to transition to like my first actual industry role. And Mm -hmm. to get into that role, I had actually um, dealt with recruiters to get that first job. No, that's, I think that's very good advice. So Accounting Nation, that's your very first uh, value snippet of this uh, podcast. So if you have the opportunity to get into a co-op program, definitely do it. I, I totally agree with you, uh, Christine. I think any chance you can have the opportunity to really get your hands dirty and, and find out what it's like, uh, I think uh, it's definitely very valuable. I mean, there's, as you mentioned, there's so many different choices that accountants have. And there's also so many different industries and they're all very different. Um, it's the only way to find out is really just, just to jump in. Definitely. And at least you're doing it while still getting your degree. And so by the time you're graduated, you would have a pretty decent idea of what works for you and what you like. 
my experience, I changed careers uh, from the restaurant industry. So I was a cook working in the restaurant industry and I knew it wasn't for me anymore once I got married. Mm-hmm. And so I knew I had to go back to school because I already had a degree, but it was in the arts. And uh, so I knew I had to go back to school, but I really wasn't sure. As you mentioned, the choice comes up as to, you know, you almost need to make it early uh, as to whether or not you're going to do public practice or in industry, because in the old CA program, there was a bit of um, prep work almost that you had to do uh, if you were going to go for in, for uh, public practice. You know, if you get hired a year in advance and there are uh, very kind of detailed, like, you know, the KC forms were a very specialized uh, application form that you had to fill in that was standardized across all the firms. So I, in order to make that choice, I actually performed three informational interviews, uh, two with, C, with uh, CAs and then one was with a CTA so that I could really just pick their brain uh, as to what, you know, what their work was like, what they liked, what they didn't like. Um, so for me, my piece of advice is try and do as many informational interviews as you can um, because you're getting experience talking to real accountants. You're really picking your brains as to, you know, what, you know, getting a, some insight as to what the future could look like. And you're expanding your network. And so there's a lot of skills that you have to really put to use just to get those informational interviews you know, done. Um, so that's what, uh, so I decided for me that I wanted to go the CA route. I, I also found, though, even yeah. uh, like luckily now, and I don't think this existed before, but a lot of the big firms, um, they've gotten exposure through social media and they've actually have recruitment pages that focus on promoting um, like coffee chats or information sessions. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. If public practice is the path that you want to learn more about, or like you said, talk to as many accountants in that space, definitely look for their social media handles and uh, pay attention to the events that they're hosting. Because a lot of that actually used to be co-hosted by CPA and they did like a huge recruit and that Mm -hmm. no longer exists. It's all being hosted through the accounting clubs or through the firms themselves. Yeah, that's right. I think it used to be a very uh, unified. There was, you know, one major, uh, I guess, firm event that everyone would kind of attend to. But yeah, I mean, you have to, I mean, once you're kind of like in the group of people that are going for, I guess, the uh, public practice recruit, you'll start seeing familiar faces at a lot of different events. And the firms do hold a lot of different events just to network and get to know one another and people can ask questions. So yeah, you're right. There's a lot of information on their web pages and social media feeds for all of the firms as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's, I mean, one of the things that people know as a difference between public practice and um, industry is that more likely than not, there's a better work-life balance in industry. Do you find that to be true? Uh, when I first started in industry, I found that, you know, I, I did my hours, um, you know, Monday to Friday. Um, I started at eight, finished at four or four thirty, and mm-hmm. that was pretty much the end of my day. And in industry, you normally start at, let's say, an AP position or a junior accounting position. So mm-hmm. there isn't a whole ton of financial statement responsibility on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. I found that um, work-life balance became more of a challenge like for me now where I have the sole responsibility of doing the year end and I have like mm-hmm. some assistance from my junior and in my mind and this is something someone told me a long time ago is my boss is paying me to do a job mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter how many hours I take as long as I do my job. And so that Mm -hmm. means finding ways to be efficient and finding ways to make it work within my timing, which I do. And if I ever find that I'm sinking, I can always talk to my boss and we can work it out. So there is still that work-life balance, Mm -hmm. but definitely by far, yes, industry, I had my, I had my weekends and uh, I had my, well, the spring break was available to me, (laughs) Mm -hmm. even if I wasn't in spring break, but um 
yeah, definitely a lot more free time than my public practice counterparts, for sure. I, I think your insight is very good. I would completely agree. And you're right. If you're in a very junior role, you know, um, an AP accountant or a junior accountant, you might be, I guess your work might be more, um, I guess, isolated to maybe one piece of accounting, whether that's just booking journal entries and then doing the reconciliations. But when you kind of move to a bit more, like you're talking about being responsible for all of the financial statements of an organization, I mean, the, the buck stops here and you're going to have to put in a number of hours to get those statements to the point where they're going to be approved by, you know, senior management, that sort of thing. So that could be, I guess, if you're very efficient, a specific number of hours, or if there's, you know, certain like wrinkles that come up that have to be resolved, then you could be putting in, you know, overtime or, or whatever. So it, it, it depends, I guess. Yeah. Um, and you also don't have that pressure of billable time, which mm -hmm. I, you'll, I'm pretty sure you'll discuss more billable time, but in industry, it's, you know, like if I, if I ended up wasting time talking to my junior accountant about life for a little bit and then talking about work, you know, and I fall behind here and there, it's not the end of the world for me. Like I can stay longer. Like it was my own fault kind of thing. Right. Where yeah. in public practice, like every hour is so precious. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my experience probably was on the, I guess, I don't think it was very, Typical. I mean, obviously, in, in public practice, a lot of people work long hours. I mean, for myself, I think I was on the extreme end. I don't know why that was. Just luck of the draw uh, with clients. I, I, I probably had a, about seven um, clients in the mining industry, and most of them were based in Vancouver. Some of them had headquarters in Vancouver, but also had uh, locations for their mines overseas. And so there was a bit of travel, but I mean, during busy season, I could have been putting in, you know, 16, 17, 18 hours a day and then plus weekends. So that's Saturday and Sundays just to get everything done. Because obviously when you're auditing financial statements, there's going to be a real hard stop. And that's going to be the date at which your client is going to be filing their statements. So everything has to be done. Uh, so that is a lot of pressure and uh, to get the work done. But one of the things that I enjoyed was also having those six or seven clients. And it can be a real rush of balancing all of the work and having a team that you're that comes together for just one client and then breaking apart and forming another team for another client. So it's it's a lot of juggling. It takes a lot of time management. Uh, it's leading multiple small groups that have um, a very specific, uh, I guess, um, time that's allotted to your the, your audit project. So it could be you know two or three weeks. Uh, so there can be a real rush. So I guess the way to sum it up is that at its very best, that kind of like rush of really performing at the highest level was an amazing feeling. But on the on the counter to that. At the very worst, when things start, uh, you know, going off the rails, it was also like the worst experience because it's compounded by being tired and working already long hours over many, many weeks during the busy season. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, no, I felt bad. Like we had auditors yeah. doing field work in our office and I'd be like, so how's the rest of your day look? And, you know, they're in our office for the entire week. But at the end of the day, they're like, oh, I'm going to go home and I'm going to put in some more hours or this mm -hmm. weekend I was doing some more things and so you're really balancing taking care of some tax returns but then also taking care of the field work and your mm -hmm. audit stuff and i was just like wow it's definitely a lot of hours and then some people you know they like the stress and some people don't like the stress and and but one of the i guess on one of the pro sides is that because you have so many clients and as an auditor you have to really be able to audit the entire financial statement so that means talking to different people in the accounting department, talking to, I guess, uh, your client that's across all uh, levels of management, and then talking about all the different financial statement controls and looking at the GL and looking at the reconciliations. And um, so you really have a breadth of knowledge and expertise that you're building up um, that is probably much faster than someone who's going to be in the industry who has to start at a junior level 
position and then work their way up. So that that's probably one of the advantages. Yes, no, definitely. Um, you know, I really worked my way up to get to where I am, whereas mm-hmm. people and my friends who work in public practice, when they finally make that decision to jump ship and go into industry, they definitely do f- have an easier time getting into a more senior role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I agree. However, I will say this, that if you're in public practice and you've audited many financial statements, I can guarantee you auditing financial statements is nowhere close to having to prepare financial statements. Yes. It's yes. way harder to actually prepare them than it is to audit them. Because, Definitely. I mean, you know, you know what I'm talking about? It might not be obvious uh, yeah. if you've never kind of done it, but once you've done it, it's very obvious for sure. Yeah. Well, actually, one of the jobs I was hired at, one of the companies, um, you know, the controller at the time was a, a CPACA. And mm-hmm. in my interview, he said, I am hiring you to do the operational accounting. Like he mm-hmm. was very honest. He's like, like he just did not know it. And he was counting mm-hmm. on me to do that. So, and then even like um, some other CPCAs that I work with, they kind of joke because I'm like, you know, we are asking someone to do a, um, a former auditor to do a bank rec but then ended up having to put all these policies and procedures and controls. And I'm like, it's not that complicated. And then my friend was like, are they a CPACA? (laughs) And I'm like, Mm, well, yeah, like you're right. You can analyze it top to bottom, but to put Mm. it together is different. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. So another pro and con that always seems to come up is, you know, starting salary. And when I started in public practice, my salary was like $38,000. Okay, that's not bad. It's not bad. I mean, coming from my job in the restaurant industry, I was making something like $50,000 as a sous chef. So I was one one step away from becoming, you know, a a head chef at a restaurant, which is what a lot of cooks kind of strive for. Mm-hmm. But my my salary, you know, was probably very good. Like very rare would a sous chef be making fifty thousand uh, dollars. So that was a very good salary, and uh, so I had kind of dropped back to thirty eight. But I was used to really living very frugally for you know yeah. ten years essentially. Um, so I mean, did you find your first starting wage in industry to be a bit better? Um, no, it actually sounds fairly close. You're, you're making slightly oh, okay. more. So to a starting AP was between 32 and 35,000 to start. And that's just doing payables. So payables is you're just paying the bills for the company, maybe mm-hmm. the occasional reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as you progress into like a junior intermediate sort of role, then you're then moving into like the $40,000 range mm. and then sky's the limit. Okay. So it's about, it's about, it's comparable, I guess, starting wage. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sorry, starting salary. Uh, okay. So that's very interesting. Uh, and then one of the other things I, I guess I'll point out from a public practice point of view, and especially on like a big four firm compared to maybe a, like a smaller public practice is that there is a real sense of um like it's a very like collegial feeling you know like my intake year there was about 60 new hires in uh in our firm and a lot of them of the new hires were all around the same age you know like you know 23 24 25 so there's that real kind of collegial sense you know we're all in this together and we all kind of do the same things and we all like drinking beer so that i mean there is that kind of like like a real kind of group and you kind of like you know make friends and you know they're all the same age and and, then that kind of thing and um i mean i know at our uh, company in in industry oftentimes you'll just see you know one junior accountant working by themselves and then the next person up might be the controller or like a manager of accounting or a manager of finance Uh, so it, it can be i guess the experience might not be uh, uh, that sense of like community and you know um, what what do you think? 
No, I totally agree. And I think um, going back to our volunteering chat before, that's where re- chapters really come in. And we try to, you know, host events mm. where we're bringing um, the accounting students and CPAs together because, you know, not all of them do have that sort of community formed within their company. And it allows mm-hmm. them to form those bonds and network and potentially find, you know, people that are in the program the same time as them and really get that camaraderie as well, especially when Mm -hmm. it comes to graduation, because I know there's a huge sort of uh, tradition that happens in the firms when the CFI marks are released, but that's not the same case in industry. And so that's why the chapters have started hosting CFI parties um, Mm -hmm. to now celebrate the industry students that, you know, sometimes get forgotten. Mm, yes, no, I, I I I agree, and I think that's very that's awesome that the chapters are having uh, events to really bring in uh, students um, to have a real sense of community and belonging, and uh, to really meet your peers who you know going through very similar experiences. No, I think that's fantastic. So, a question for you: In mm. public practice, um, did they pay for your schooling? Uh, I was very lucky, so I got a job at PwC, and uh, all of the schooling was paid for, and you were even paid for the and the second exam if you happened to fail the first one oh. uh, for the module, so they did pay that, but if you failed it again, then you'd have to pay it on your own, and you were given uh, a, enough time to study for each module. So you could have, you know, a couple of days, you know, up to a, like a week to prepare for each module and also the final exams and the entire, I guess, CP or uh, UP summer was also paid for. Um, obviously, that depends on the size of the firm, but obviously very large firms uh, and the big four for sure have a lot of resources that can they can really put behind all of the I guess, um, accounting students. So I was very fortunate that way. Yeah, well, and then same thing in industry. I was actually very fortunate. Um, Every company I had worked for um, just um, offered to pay for my education as well. So Mm. I like, I always like to tell students, look for those companies that are there because I want to say every course I've taken after my second year was paid for. Now, is that not always the case? I want to say it's not always the case because it feels like whenever I say that, I feel like I've blown their minds. Like, whoa. Mm. And it's something that I'm actually very eternally grateful for because, Mm. like, you know, I'm the first graduate in my family to finish a degree, to finish like a credential of any sort. Mm. And, And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that the accounting industry is known for really taking care of their employees where it comes to supporting them in their education by giving them days off or paying Mm. for their courses. And then on top of that, Mm. once you're designated, you know, you got member dues, professional development. It's not cheap being a CPA and it's nice to be working. No. And so to have a company that continues to still support your growth and your membership and value your letters Mm. is amazing. Yeah, I think you make a very good point. I'm almost at the point where I am taking that for granted now that I'm working in industry and having my dues paid for and all of my, you know, PD hours all paid for as well. Um, but I can I can totally appreciate if that's not the case, that's, that's a huge financial burden. I mean, for me, I think you're right. I would want to look to only work for organizations. Well, I wouldn't say only, but I would really... Uh, I guess, value that very highly if they were to pay for, I guess, all the expenses that come up. Well, definitely. It's considered our training, right? To mm-hmm. to do the job that they want us to do. Um, but I also think um, the biggest question and pro-con that comes up with industry versus public practice, and you kind of mm-hmm. touched on it a little bit, is the biggest worry for a lot of these upcoming CPAs is, am I going to have the time to study for the actual um, CFI. Yes. And I don't know if that's still the case in public practice where they, you know, before it was a big deal where you guys, I think pretty much got the summer off to study. Mm -hmm. Whereas in industry, that's not a thing. You have like, you got your vacation time maybe. 
Um, mm. You got your weekends, you got your evenings, but you're not given a summer off in industry to study. Right. I can see, yeah, no, now that you're bringing that up, I can see, you know, if you're just a very small accounting department that maybe has, if you're a student, you might be the junior accountant, then they're not going to really have the resources for you to just take off for a month to study. Yeah. <laughs> and then they'll have to find a replacement and then pay you as well to study. No, I, I can, I can really appreciate uh, that being um, very difficult. And well, I, the thing I like to tell a lot of these students that are coming through is that, you know, like we had mentioned earlier, public practice versus industry is the work-life balance. And a lot of these mm -hmm. students working in public practice have probably earned all those hours during mm -hmm. their tax season to be able to take it off during the summer. Whereas, you know, we would have more work-life balance in order to, you know, focus more on those studies and not stress out as much. No, I, I think, I mean, looking back, I mean, I was a mature accounting student in that I already had a whole career uh, in the restaurant industry when I switched careers. Looking back, I was probably a bit crazy <laughs> to try and go through public practice. But for me personally, I, I found it as like a challenge. And luckily, my wife supported me in that, you know, I was like leaving one job that took out, that really had... Uh, required you to sacrifice you know time away from home into another job that I was trying to get into that took a lot of sacrifice uh, away from you know family time so I was lucky that she supported me but I think a lot of people I, I wouldn't really recommend if they're changing careers they really have to think long and hard as to whether or not they think public practice is maybe the right route for them it's a, it's a there's a lot of sacrifice even though it does come with a lot of perks as well Yes, but I think also um, for up-and-coming students who are deciding between public practice and industry, mm -hmm. um, just the big thing that is the seller right now for a lot of up-and-coming students is the fact that, and again, you touched on this, was the support, right? Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the students are very aware now that if they were to do the CPA program, they're going to be working, if working at a firm, they'll have the support, they'll have the time off. And also, while you're in the CPA program, you have to report your work experience. And in public practice, it's called the pre-approved path. Mm -hmm. So it's already pre-approved. You don't really have to fill out a whole bunch of information. Whereas mm -hmm. if you go into industry, it's called the experience verification route. And mm -hmm. it means more time filling out the work experience. And a lot of students are struggling on that side and it's really deterred them from wanting and it's not as direct like having to do industry and get all that experience could potentially take a lot longer for students than it would be if they were just to go to public practice yep yeah i think that's a very that is a very valid point absolutely and you i guess in your experience talking to students who if they've struggled to fulfill all of their practical experience are they finding solutions in, in ways to like supplement that? Or I think you mentioned that some may have even had to find uh, like a new job in order to, to get that experience. Oh, definitely. And I was one of them. Like I was at one mm -hmm. company and I was just doing AP and I tried to talk to my boss. I'm like, you know, I was getting really worried. I need to get more senior experience and just the mm -hmm. opportunities weren't there. And I was lucky enough that uh, Boston Pizza was willing to hire me um, and train me how to do financial statements and really level up my game. And so I, I left the company to move to Boston Pizza so I could get that experience. And even with my mentees, I have a couple who are really struggling to finish um, their experience verification route through industry because you know, they're, they're in the same boat. They can't get that senior experience. They're not fitting, they're not finishing those competencies or getting that level they need. And so mm. I actually had one mentee jump ship from industry and find a role in public practice because oh, she was just, right? so wow. yeah, she was just over it. She's like, I can't do this anymore. And she just needed to move on with her career. And she's like, oh, she had to do the CFE, I think twice. So she's in the mm. third writing round, but that second time she wrote was in the the time where they were having some technical difficulties. So it doesn't count as a write. So mm. 
she'll uh, write it for the next round. But she just really wanted to get her letters already. And she was finding experience verification route a little harder than she thought. So she decided to go to a firm. I see. No, no I think... Uh... Not to scare anyone away. But. No, no. I, think, I mean, it's very good information. I mean, there's definitely a lot of information uh, that we've talked about. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it can sound very scary, but I think as to your point earlier, it's very important to get um, the information. So to know at least what you're getting into, whether it's going to be public practice or industry. Um, and then, you know, talk to people or if you have to co-op, to at least experience what it's like, but definitely talk to as many people in industry or public practice as you can. Um, really pick your brains about everything, uh, address all of these issues that we've talked about. Um, and then I, I would just say that the third piece of advice would just be talk to your friends, your families, your spouse, whatever, your brothers, your sisters, just to really um, see where they're, I guess, what, you know, how, how they feel, whether, I guess, one way or the other. Uh, the decision that you're going to have to make, uh, which is what I did. Yes, definitely. And I think also the big thing um, with public practice is I find that a lot of people go into it not understanding or being underprepared. Like I think with public practice, it takes a lot of discipline with your time and your hours. And um, I'm finding now, and from what I've heard from some firms, is the students coming in you know, they're really lacking the professionalism or they're just mm -hmm. not willing to put in the hours. And so they're actually having to come up with work-life balance departments to help with that. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, there is that expectation. If you are going to go into public practice, be prepared to put in the hours because mm -hmm. it's what it's asked of you for sure. I think that's for sure. I mean, but I mean, surely you've ex had to have that discipline in the CGA program as well, because you've had to work and do, complete your modules as well. Um, yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. Like concurrently, like, yeah, I was, if you want to be able to graduate within a reasonable amount of time, you want to mm -hmm. be working while during the, while you are doing your courses. And if anything, mm -hmm. I think it's of great benefit to anybody to be working while doing your courses because you're really bringing your education to life and mm -hmm. you can, you can connect the dots better and things make more sense. And, mm -hmm. you know, when you're analyzing those cases, you can look to your own work and maybe kind of link that sort of scenario that maybe you had experienced to help mm -hmm. answer those questions. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's also whether it's the old legacy CA program, CGA program, or even the CPA program, I think it's designed to really set you up for your future career because it's not going to be always cushy once you've completed and got your letters. It's, um, it still requires a lot of discipline to get your work done and then balance that with home and issues might come up and you might have to do some research and you might have to, you know, if someone falls ill, you might have to jump and fill in a certain role, whether it's an AP or something. So there's always something that's gonna come up that's gonna be taxing you uh, and, and you really have to be excellent at communication, time management, you know, the whole, I guess, uh, range of, uh, of uh, competencies really that you're being prepared for. Oh, definitely. Wow, we're sounding like really serious accountants here. <laughs> so one of the things we were talking about uh today was just something came up in like a little facebook chat um i guess one of uh, you know i guess a new contact was just mentioning that they're having difficulty uh having just immigrated to canada recently in march and then obviously covid19 hit and there's a whole lockdown and uh it's having trouble finding work um yeah. so I guess from your experiences, what has helped and what has worked in your in your job search? Well, I replied to that post because I, I really related with him. He was looking for mm -hmm. a bookkeeping slash financial sort of operational accounting role, which is kind of mm -hmm. the work I do. And mm -hmm. every time I, and it's not like this has happened a lot, but when I do find myself looking for work, the first thing I do is I brush up that LinkedIn profile 
mm-hmm. update the header saying, you know, whatever level of accounting I'm at, and I'm looking for new opportunities because the moment I put that, recruiters will be bouncing all over my LinkedIn profile page to find out what I'm all about. And they start mm-hmm. to reach out because, you know, they got to fill these roles. And regardless of COVID happening, people were still hiring. Accountants were essential. We were needed. And um, there's a lot of positions out there. And so I told him, I'm like, reach out to recruiters. And I guess he hadn't really been familiar with the term recruiter or aware that they Mm. existed. And so he said he reached out to a couple and I'm like, no, like when I was looking for work, I swear I had maybe seven or eight recruiters in my back pocket that I kept Mm. in touch with because just like, an accounting firm, right? You only work with certain clients and just like a recruitment firm, that's the same idea. They only work with certain clients and they sign exclusive contracts with these clients to promote the job they're looking for. And so by kind of casting a wider net, I was allowing myself to see more opportunities. And on top of that, and I should probably mention it to him if he's really struggling to get a full-time permanent role to even Mm -hmm. consider um, there's a lot of uh, like Robert Half has um, account temps, which is their temporary division or yep, temporarily yours, like yep. get temp role because you never know where that temp role will lead you. I swear I've been hired to two temp positions. No, three, mm. three temp positions that led me to full time work. And oh, is that right? Yes, because, you know, they just kind of needed someone to fill that temporary need until they found a permanent person and then realized that the temporary need was the perfect fit. And they ended up, so this was at Lush Cosmetics. I did some temporary AP and then Mm -hmm. that day after they're like, do you want to stick around? And even the current role I'm in now started out as just a two week temp coverage to help out with the receptionist and doing AP And it led me to a full-time corporate accounting role with them. And I've been there for seven years now. So temp positions, don't cast them aside because Mm -hmm. they can definitely lead to those full-time opportunities as well. I think that's uh, that's great. And that is very encouraging. And I think my wife would totally agree with you. And, you know, when push comes to shove and you need to get a job, you take whatever you can get. And you never know when a temp position could lead to a full-time position. And... uh, it has as well in my wife's experience. Yeah. Uh, so I completely agree with you. And I think I my two cents in that post was to really, you know, you I guess the days of looking for a job posting online and then uploading your resume, that is almost outdated. You really, with social media platforms and there's so many different ways that you can reach out to recruiters or even just you know, the HR department themselves, or if you even want to bypass the HR departments, you can DM people on like LinkedIn or reach out to recruiters on like LinkedIn and just, you know, have everything ready, a cover letter, resume, and, you know, the whole spiel as to what you're about and, uh, and uh, really put yourself out there. Um, so I'm definitely not waiting just for something to pop up on like a job board or something. Yeah, and definitely staying in touch, too, with your network of people that you know here, because I cannot tell you how many times I've had a friend of mine, and they're like, hey, do you know anyone that's looking for this or this? And Mm -hmm. I'm like, not at the moment, but, you know, I'll keep my eyes open. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. And I think you you made this point earlier is that um, it's also like a numbers game, you know, like two or three recruiters, that's not enough. If you're desperate for a job, you can apply to, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 positions, have, you know, your back pocket, you know, 15 to 20 different recruiters, all being in constant communication with them all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if you're new to the country and you don't know anyone, uh, then this is where having, and you have time on your hands because you're looking for a job, you could do multiple informational interviews, just having, you know, done four or five, you would have expanded your professional network by four or five people who might know other people who are hiring. Uh, and, you know, although informational interviews should have nothing, there, you know, there's no view to getting hired by the people that you're in, performing the informational interview you with, but you're still having those skills, you know, 
communicational skills, organizational skills, uh, all of those really have to be, you know, brushed up to, to perform an informational interview. So you're really being engaged all the time. Oh, yeah. And definitely another point with recruiters is, you know, like Robert Half is known to be one of the biggest recruiters. And mm-hmm. a lot of people know that, and which means they do have a pretty big database. And so if you happen to see a role that you're interested in, don't wait for Robert Half to reach out to you, you know, get that number of the recruiter that you had talked to and follow up with them directly and say, I'm interested in this role. Mm-hmm. How can I get that interview? And you want to be at the top of their mind so that if something does come up, they're like, oh, yeah, I just met with this really great candidate and I think they could mm-hmm. do well in this role. So really keep them accountable just as much. No, I think I, I, I like that. I think you have to be a bit bold, a bit cheeky, you know, have a, a, you know the courage and to really put yourself out there and, and be the one who's taking action and, and really not waiting for, uh, you know, uh, I guess things to fall on your plate. You really have to go out and get it. Definitely. Cool. Awesome. Well, I think we've covered a lot. Of we stuff. did. <laughs> uh, so I'll just let that sink in. Accounting Nation, if you're, you know, CPA student or you're a university student, don't be overwhelmed. Um, all of this is normal. I mean, this... I guess all of these things you'll just kind of like realize that, you know, it's in the conversation of a lot that, that comes up very naturally, all, a lot of these points. So, you know, the more people you speak to, I, I guess these points will always come up again and again. Uh, don't be afraid of, of the, the job search. Um, I mean, sometimes have a bit of fun with it. Uh, if you're, if you're able to, obviously, you know, if you have a family that's depending on you to support, uh, you know, provide for them it's going to be a lot more difficult but if you're a student and you know I, I think it's kind of fun actually um going through recruiting or or going through a job search so i i enjoy it um a lot. how about you do you do you like um brushing up your resume and writing cover letters yeah i actually i don't mind it i actually enjoy connecting and the crazy thing is when i was applying for a job maybe five years ago mm-hmm. and i met a bunch of recruiters and then like five years later, I was looking for a job again and I see these same recruiters, but this time they've got their own recruitment firms and they move around. So if you ever lost touch with your favorite recruiter from a firm, I'm pretty sure they're going to be working somewhere else. But also just being in touch with my network and, you know, seeing like still trying to have, um, a, a, I guess, an idea of the pulse of what's going on in the accounting world. You don't want to fall behind too much because rules change things change all the time and so you always Mm -hmm. want to be up to date even if you're not um working no yeah i agree and one thing just on the interview side this just popped into my head because it's come up in conversations with other people before if you i guess if you're fortunate to actually have an interview i mean it, it might sound cliche but you have to be really true to who you are and not just try and put up a front in order to get the job because it ends up being exposed in the end anyway. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Like um, you really have to be true to who you are, your personality, and, and not, I guess, untrue just to get just to get a position. Oh no, I totally agree. I had yeah. a former HR manager, and I was looking for a job, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna be who I'm gonna be. And she's like, mm-hmm. well, that's gonna be hard for you. I'm like. But every interview I've gone in, I've tried to keep it as real as possible because at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, the last person you're interviewing with is more likely going to be your boss. And Mm -hmm. if you can't be completely 100% authentic in that interview, and actually Mm -hmm. when I interview, and this is one of those things that I hope people take, is that the interview is not just me being interviewed for the job. Mm. I also like to turn it around and be like, I'm interviewing this person as well. Do Mm. I have a good vibe with them? Because if I don't, and I'm already feeling uncomfortable and I'm just not feeling it from the get-go, then the working relationship in the future is probably going to feel the exact same way. Oh yeah, totally. Right. I mean, you're going to be spending eight, nine, 10 plus hours, five days a week with whoever you're working with. So, and I potentially mean, years, than, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's no reason why anyone should have to suffer through that just for the paycheck. I mean, there's so many other more fulfilling jobs. I mean, do something else. It doesn't even have to be accounting. Just, just enjoy it. 
<laughs> yes, but definitely yeah. when you're in those interviews, go prepared, like be prepared, ask your own questions of what the company's culture is like, because mm -hmm. that's what you're essentially going to be getting yourself into. And mm -hmm. that's what kind of eases my mind when I go into interviews where I'm not going in scared that they're not going to like me. I'm going in confident trying to figure out if this is who I want to work with. Um, and uh, no, I think I think accounting nations pumped up and they're ready to get out there and uh, start looking for a job. <laughs> yeah, start looking for a job. And uh, so I think I, we've left them with a lot to uh, really sink their teeth into and a lot to think about for sure. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time and no problem. Uh, chat with me and accounting nation. I know you've got a lot of value. Uh, from Christine here, who's uh, who's been so kind to to, to join us again. Uh, any any last words? Um, well, I think another question I had got from mm -hmm. uh, a day in the life of CPA. I was giving some information about industry, and I had a student that asked the question, and she was like, "You know, I missed recruit. How am I going to find a job?" Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people think that you can only find a job in accounting only during recruit. And I want to mm -hmm. kind of make this clear, like, yes, you will definitely find your public practice role during recruit, but all accounting jobs are available for hire all year long. So if you do miss recruit and you don't want to kind of fall behind, which I've had friends do, mm -hmm. you know, take a stab at industry, see how you like it. And then if you are really gung-ho about being in public practice, then get yourself ready for the next recruit, but at least you're not going to fall behind in getting that work experience. No, I think, you, yeah, no, I think that's, that's a very good point. I mean, I guess in the old legacy CA program, there was a very specific window as to when you could apply for jobs, but you're yeah. right. If you're missing out on the experience, there's other things that you can do, nothing stopping you, uh, holding you back. You can take a next. You can take a course. You can even. I think you can even have taken mod one of the CA program. I don't know if that's the case now, uh, as to whether or not you can jump ahead uh, before getting hired. But um, that's something that might be worth looking into if you don't mm -hmm. have that job. Um, that might be something to explore as well. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. Uh, well, thank you so much once again, Accounting Nation. Uh, you know, on on behalf of uh, Christine and I. I mean, if they have any questions, I mean, surely, I mean, send me an email. It's adrian at adrian-lala.ca or Christine, I guess if anyone has any questions, they can reach out to you on LinkedIn. Oh yeah, definitely. It's Christine Woodington um, with the C-H and then it's Wood Ington. <laughs> so hopefully, mm -hmm. yeah, if you can find me on LinkedIn or I'm actually, I'm part of the accounting experience group on Facebook. So if there you're you able go. to see my messages, uh, I try to help post things as well if I see anything of interest. And so if you see me there, you'll see how you spell my name and you can link in with me or just message me on Facebook. And um, yeah, I'm more than yeah. willing to share my story Absolutely. and help out. No, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely send us some comments, send us some questions, or even just message Christine and let her know how much you enjoy listening to uh, her on, on the podcast uh, really that'll be awesome all right cool accounting nation uh and on behalf of myself and christine hope you have a great night and happy canada day tomorrow yes. uh, uh goodbye everyone bye thank you so that's it for the podcast i know that was a really long one but well worth it i think and christine brings a ton of value and knowledge so um, don't be shy about asking questions send them to me or send them to christine all right thanks very much and we'll see you at the next podcast bye guys have a great night thank you for listening and if you enjoyed this episode please take a moment to follow rate and share the podcast Tune in next time when your host, Adrian Law, delves into the wonderful world of Vancouver accounting experience.